You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org slash podcasts. is Mick, and you are listening to the Chirp Radio Podcast. I am on the line right now with Steve Von Till of Neurosis. He has a new album out, a solo album called No Wilderness Deep Enough. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are things out west? How are, how are you, the kids and the wife and your dogs, handling, uh, handling being cooped up in your, in your home for four months. It's really hammered home what a wise decision it was to move to 12 acres of forest because there's one thing I have not felt uh, has been cooped up. As a school teacher, the distance learning was pretty rough. Trying to get, I teach fourth grade, so these are nine and 10 year olds and trying to get 28 families on board and online, especially in a technologically challenged area, you know, where you've got a, a big mix of people with access or no access, experience, no experience. It was pretty rough. You know, the students that needed it most were the ones that were the hardest to reach. Even as a learner myself, uh, I would I would be completely bored with online learning. I just don't relate to the interface. I'd much rather be in a room with people. You mentioned that you were sort of reaching for ways to engage your students through distant learning. Um, did any of those involve music? Were you, have you been able to incorporate your experience as a, as a musician into your lesson plan at all? Not with the distance learning. I mean, I, I can send them to videos, you know, but, um, in the classroom, we do sing. We sing every day. We sing you know, folk songs and traditional songs. And I, I think I have an ability to bring like folk music to kids in a way that's appropriate for kids, but not pandering. And uh, that's impossible to do over the internet because simply because of the um, latency and delay of the connection, Yeah, you know, try to, try to get 28 people to clap at the same time <laughs> on a Zoom meeting and see how that goes. <laughs> I haven't tried it, but I can imagine it's not easy. Yeah. You're going to get 28 different times of when that clap happens. Polyrhythms. So, yeah. Beyond, yeah, the most complex you've ever heard. of making your own music, I want to shift gears a little bit to talk about your new solo album, No Wilderness Deep Enough. You come up with some really evocative titles. What does is, what is No Wilderness Deep Enough mean? You know, it kind of came to me. I stole it. It's it's a, a partial line from a Sylvia Plath poem. I was looking for a title. I, I couldn't think of one. And I was, I was just, you know, doing my morning reading, trying to enjoy something before engaging with the external world with my coffee and a book of poetry. And 
it's actually completely out of context. The poem it's taken from has nothing to do with the context in which it becomes on the record cover and with this set of songs. So those words, I haven't thought about exactly what they mean, but I mean, my entire artistic output is spent contemplating what our um, relationship is to the earth, to nature, to each other. And, and wrapping that all up constantly, it's a constant spiraling in and out of zooming in on vignettes of that experience from a personal and an existential level. You know, I, I think the purpose of the artist and the songwriter and the poet is to make what can't be explained mm. experiential. Word on the street is that you were initially thought you had like an ambient record on your hands and you took it to, uh, to yeah, Randall Dunn, who's worked with Marissa Nadler and Earth and some other great artists. Could you maybe comment on that? Sure. Yeah. The, I mean, the whole experience is one of following the muse and following the rabbit hole wherever it takes me. I never set out to make this record. I've spoken uh, quite a bit if people are interested about the origins of it in my, in my wife's family's house and the land that they've been living on, the exact house site they've been living on for 500 years in North Germany. And through some, a week of sleeplessness and, and horrible jet lag and not being able to sleep, I think this, 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 the spirit and the depth and the weight of the connection between people and landscape, uh, flowed through me into these simple chord progressions. And I, I, again, I never thought I was creating anything. It started there in Germany. I was just passing the time while I couldn't sleep. I came home and kept revisiting these, these sessions because I was open. They kept suggesting the next thing. Like this is the string part. This is the French horn part. And I kept just following this, the kind of implied suggestions based on the, on the harmonic resonances of very simple pieces. So here in my studio where I'm sitting right now, it, you know, I brought in the Moog synthesizer and my phasers and uh, delays and reverbs and started to kind of sculpt it into something. And um, I had really, uh, it had hammered into shape over some months of just kind of revisiting it once in a while. And I had had this thing, which I was, I didn't know what it was. It, it's, it was an ambient record, very psychedelic, but also kind of nodding to the kind of neoclassical minimalism of some of the Icelandic composers like Olaf or Arnolds or Johan Johansson or the German composers, uh, Max Richter. Not that I would ever say I composed this because I didn't. <laughs> I, yeah. I hacked away at it on keyboard. It just kind of, I allowed it to happen by not shutting it down. So I didn't think it was a solo record because I didn't envision my harsh, croaky voice uh, ruining this beautiful ambient music. Uh, so I ran it by Randall. I, I ran it by Randall in this way. I said, hey, I think I wrote this ambient neoclassical record, but I want to replace the digital piano with a real one. Randall had done my previous solo record. And he went away for a couple of days and came back and said, you know, that's a great idea. We absolutely should do that. However, I strongly believe you should sing on it and make it your new solo record. And uh, I disagreed completely, but I respect Randall's opinion enough to investigate his claim. And so this by this time, it was winter 2018, 2019. Uh, my wife, Neela, was back in Germany visiting her folks. So I was alone here with the dogs. And I didn't feel like being out in the studio away from the house because uh, it's in the barn. So I set up a simple microphone. And every morning with my morning coffee, this is winter break from school, I would come out with my notebook and my pen and I would improvise singing along to these pieces until by the end of that week, I had all the lyrics, all the vocal melodies and called Randall back and said, you're right, man, let's do it and let's book time. Again, it was all, it never felt, it took work, but it never felt like labor. It felt like, again, just following the yeah, river where yeah. it was supposed to take it, me. I find it really fascinating that you would 
um, reluctantly appear as a vocalist on your own solo album. That's that's usually <laughs> that's usually not how things work. That's usually usually um, a solo album is there to like be an extension of your ego in that way. It definitely pulled out something different in my voice. I mean, as as much as my voice is changing in my age and and in some ways I'm losing some abilities, I'm I'm probably making up for it in character. But but it's hard to look at objectively from the self point of view, you know, from that ego point of view, I get uncomfortable uh, with that. And this felt like, uh, especially at the same time as a poetry book, like, oh, I'm making this beautiful album that's only ambient and instrumental. There's not a guitar anywhere near it. And I'm writing a book of poetry. I mean, you know, part of my punk rock teenager <laughs> self chokes on both of those statements yeah. as they come out my mouth. connection between your solo project Harvest Man and this new collection of poetry that you have coming out. It, it felt like the right book title. I was uh, I, I've written poems my entire adult life but they've lived or died in my personal journals or become simply fodder for lyric writing. You know when I need lyrics I can go butcher some poems and grab lines or words or phrases as, as I need them. As, Lyrics and poems have two very different environments they live in. Lyrics have to absolutely, at least the way I write them. I know other people start with words first, and some people are great wordsmiths, and you know things come to them in different ways. For me, it's always been music first, so the words have always had to serve the sonic nature of the song and feel like they belonged there. And so uh, poems have to live on a page with no music and have to own the emotional nature of their purpose with the words alone. And the way they sit on the page has to claim that territory and say everything it wants to say without uh, an emotional musical backdrop. So, so even though they may seem very similar, they 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 have two different purposes. And uh, so, kind of that as I was writing the lyrics for the new album, I had really kind of made I had stolen two lines: "We have the sea and we always have the sky." I stole those from a poem that I thought was perfect, just the way it was, and I felt a little guilty. So it was at that moment where I, I decided to try to um, write a set of poems for poem's sake. It just kind of made sense since I was meditating on all of my own work and all of my own processes. Harvest Man is a word that just resonates with me because of my obsession with um, the autumnal nature of things. I mean, I always feel that my stuff has a kind of an autumnal mood and that and uh, of reaping what we sow and of harvesting from the creative forces, things to bring out into the universe for for others to share. So that the term harvest man for me has always kind of had a more, uh, a deeper and multifaceted meaning as just a moniker or a band name, but kind of a, a statement in and of itself. Uh, would you, would you mind sharing one of your poems with us? Yeah, no problem. This is poem 20. Again, you know, these are written last year, so they have nothing to do with this moment in time we find ourselves in now, but perhaps speaks to our level of distress. That which we adore is so incredibly fragile. As we cling to some sense of cosmic order, only for a brief moment are we ever stable. 
then fall back to our fractured nature. Is there any such thing as rest in our universe? I will not fall prey to the spirit of the age. I will dive deep into the oldest waters, where the light is so ancient that it taught songs to the gods. Very cool. Um, when is when is your book going to be released and available to the public? Uh, August 7th is the official release date. It is available for pre-order uh, now via the publisher Astrophil Press or directly uh, from our mail order here at vontil.org. Wow. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's all the time that we have for today, Steve. Uh, thank you again for uh, speaking with me. It's been you know, an absolute pleasure. Uh, again, this has been Mick with the Chirp Radio Podcast, speaking with Steve Vontil of Neurosis and Harvest Man. Uh, he has a new solo record out. Thanks again, Steve. And the emptiness, the emptiness swallows a soul. You can find this and other interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next. 